It's that time, Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Slippy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, Slippy J underscore pregame. Joined here by the baseball guru himself, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him on Twitter, Dave underscore Essler. You can get us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. Here we go, Uncle Dave. We're going to go ahead and continue our MLB outlook for this season. We're going to start here with the AL West today. One of the divisions that I think is a little bit intriguing. You have some teams in there, Uncle Dave, that are terrible. You have some teams that are actually quite good. And we also have our World Series champion, Houston Astros. They come in with a uh, target on their back, so to speak. And we also have the team that I'm looking forward to seeing. A team that I've actually been rooting for the last couple of years, Uncle Dave. I'm sure you know this. The Oakland A's. I was actually quite shocked that, that the A's finished with you know, the season that they did last year, 97 wins. They had like the fifth best record in the league. So I'm curious what you think about them this year. You have a team like the Mariners, Uncle Dave, who, you know, quite frankly, not all that good. They have a really low season win total, 24 and a half. We do have some batting averages that popped up at some of our local sports books here. I'm curious what you think, Uncle Dave, just about the outlook of this overall division. You know, you have the Angels. Rendon's going to be there. Otani's going to start pitching. As I mentioned with the Mariners, their their you know lineup and their pitching staff doesn't look all that great. You know you got Houston coming in um, after you know a pretty hectic off season. And then you have a team like the A's, who you know a lot of people are looking at uh, you know maybe to go ahead and, and you know make a return back to the playoffs. So I'm curious what you think about pretty much everybody in that division, Uncle Dave. But if you had to like you know really look overall at that division. You know, you have a Rangers team who their main guy, Joey Gallo, kind of being predicted to go ahead and be the uh, the home run guy this season, probably to go ahead and, uh, you know, lead all guys in home runs in the AL, at least according to the odds. But I'm just curious what you think overall about this AL West this season. Well, I mean, I think all you got to do, Sleepy, is look at the odds and and that will tell you where these teams are are predictably slotted. I mean, you know, some of the other divisions, you know, especially when we get into the central um, there's a lot of coin flips here. I mean, the Astros are the clear favorite, minus 200-ish to win the whole thing. And then uh, the, the second favorite in there is Oakland at somewhere in the vicinity of, you know, plus 275, plus 300. They're the trendy pick. Uh, and, then, and then you drop all the way down to a team like Seattle, who you mentioned. Uh, and we were talking off air, and I said, I wonder how many people can name two starters on that particular team. You know, they're, uh, they're inner tops. They're at at, at – at, at 10,000 to one to win the division, their consensus is about 70 to one uh, and, and they're not going to win. So, you know, I, you know, it's Houston's to lose. I worry about their, their mindset and that target a little bit. I guess we'll get into that. And, you know, then I think it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I don't see the separation in my mind between uh, Oakland and Seattle, Oakland and Texas, as much as some do angels. I think they can go either way. Uh, so this will be a fun one to go through because, you know, a lot of these divisions, you know, we talked a lot about maybe in a short season anything can happen. Uh, and this may be probably the, the dictionary definition division of anything can happen. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mail in Houston. Um, they'll probably win. But, you know, I wouldn't bet minus 200 on that, not in a 60-game season, not with Dusty Baker. So, Uncle Dave, let's start out with this question. And I want to ask this to you because this is something that we didn't bring up is that, you know, when you look at Houston, obviously they're they're predicted to do well this season. But I have a feeling, and, and I'm pretty sure that you do, 
that there's going to probably be a lot of stress on that team this season to go ahead and perform well. And I worry about that stress. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that come into the season that are pretty much just playing with house money. It's a free roll for them. And let's start out with the Mariners. You know, there's a team who, as you just mentioned, you know, there's not a lot of household name guys on that team. I mean, there's probably four or five guys within that lineup and that pitching staff, you know, that I know that I could be like, okay, cool. I know where to find all this guy's stats. I know what he's done in the past. But there's a lot of new names on there that I haven't seen before. But if you're looking at a team like the Mariners, and a lot of people just going to, you know, probably more than likely just throw them in the trash, disregard them, and just be like, boy, they, they just look terrible. But, you know, we were looking through, you know, their season payroll. We were looking at some of the guys that they added. You were talking about some of the the pitching prospects that they have that are coming up. You know, when you look at the Mariners, do you think that, you know, there's any potential for that team to surprise because there's probably no stress on them? You know, I don't think there's going to be any stress on that manager. You know, talk about maybe the difference between, you know, a team like Houston who will have the stress and if, if you think, you know, a team like the Mariners won't have any. You know, what might we see with Seattle this season? Well, that's a good question. And, you know, I'm, I've always looked to try to find teams that might um, – play a little harder or have a better opportunity in a short season um, that, that could get hot, that might not be able to sustain it over 162 games. And when I looked at Seattle, you know, to be honest, I just don't see enough talent uh, to be able to win 25, 28 games. I mean, if you look up and down the lineup, like seriously, I mean, you and I can probably name the majority of their players because, I mean, that's what we do for a living. But I would bet that even the – even the uh, beyond casual, somewhere between uh, somebody that watches 100 innings of baseball a day and somebody that bets on it um, fairly often, you'd be hard-pressed to name more than three guys on that starting lineup. I mean, you know, most people know Vogelbach, their DH. Most people know Kyle Seeger, uh, only because he's been there forever. But if you go up and down that lineup, you know, Jake Fraley, their left fielder, you know, Shed Long, the second baseman, Evan White, the first baseman, Matt McGill, the closer. I mean, like, there is no talent there. I, mean, I hate to say it. Even even Seager at one time was talented, but, you know, what does he have left in the tank? And the other thing that I've been reading a lot about, you know, Seattle would like to get rid of him, um, and um, he would probably like to go somewhere else. But, you know, what are they going to get for him? I mean, they've already traded away everything they got. I think, I think the biggest reason to watch Seattle this year, at least early, is that kid Justice Sheffield. He's penciled in right now as their fourth starter. They got him from the Yankees in the James Paxton trade. And, you know, from what I read, he's got a huge upside. I mean, obviously the Yankees didn't want to part with him. Um, but to watch him start and see how he does, I think even even the, the diehard Mariners fan that has lived in Seattle all his life has to be thinking, you know, that's a that's a reason to watch the Mariners. And you know, I talked about no talent. You look at their pitching staff, you know, when Marco Gonzalez is your one starter now, no disrespect to Marco Gonzalez. He's a mediocre MLB pitcher, but he's not a number one starter. You know, behind him, Kikuchi, T1 Walker, Kendall Graveman, who was bouncing around with the A's for a long time. I mean, they've got absolutely nothing. Matt McGill is a closer. You know, Matt McGill's 30 years old, um, and they're closer to have a whip of, of 1.4, which he did last year. I mean, you know, show me an upside with any of these guys. And, and I would love for someone from Seattle to tell me why I'm incorrect or what I'm missing. But I, mean, I just don't see the talent. 
you know, they could have Joe Madden uh, on the bench, and, and I just don't see the talent to to do a whole lot with with the Mariners. I mean, you know, they're seventy to one to win that division for uh, a good reason, and you know, if they played that same division for seventy years, I still don't think the Mariners would win that division. So, you know, that's probably a cheap price if you want to take the Mariners, but uh, I just think they're kind of just on people's schedules. To be brutally honest, I mean. I don't like to trash teams, but and I'm not really trashing Seattle. I just can't find an upside. Um, or really, you know, we've, we've talked about some of these teams maybe looking for sort of potential game bets, you know, on or against. And, you know, when a certain pitcher's pitching or yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I just don't really see it with these teams, not with those starters in that lineup. I mean, they, you know, they could they could lose a lot of nine to one games, even in a even in this in this sort of climate that we're in right now. So, um, you know, and then even as I'm talking this through, I'm trying to think, you know, what can I find good? And I just can't. So, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I can't add to the pie there with the Mariners. Um, they're a last place team. They're one of the worst teams in baseball. Um, they may be worse than the Orioles. Um, there I said it, and I'm sorry to you guys in Washington that are listening. So we do have one question, Uncle Dave, and this surrounds, you know, teams who are, you know, kind of like in this Mariners situation where, you know, it looks like they're just, you know, they're up against it. But I do have a question, and this is something that I that I thought about, and I, I couldn't wrap my head around how this would actually look or how this would work or even if it's possible. And it would be like, you know, we don't play baseball, Uncle Dave. We're not professional baseball players, but we understand, you know, at that highest level that there are things that teams could do or – you know, starting rotations can do or something or another. Like, we don't know. But do you think that there might be like a different brand of looking baseball this year where, you know, maybe you got a ton of guys out there trying to get hit, trying to bunt, um, you know, suicide squeezes, steals. You know, you got pitchers coming in, pitching, you know, where, where you could bring a guy out of the bullpen to go ahead and start like the Tampa Bay Rays were doing. You know, I guess there's just a different way that, that you know, that that we can play baseball. And, you know, it seems like it's been the same, you know, over and over and over year after year. And and I just wonder, and I don't know if you think that we'll see this, but I have a feeling if we're ever going to see, you know, a real different version of baseball, that it might come this year. And it might come from a team like the Mariners who say, you know, we have nothing to lose. Let's just go out there and do a bunch of crazy crap and see if it can frustrate pitchers, frustrate teams, frustrate managers. Maybe that's the way a team like the Mariners can go ahead and, uh, you know, actually, you know, get some wins under their belt. But, like, how do you feel about what I just said, Uncle Dave, with that whole, you know, maybe we'll see a brand of baseball that we haven't really seen ever before? Well, I think it's going to depend on what manager, you know, you brought up the Rays, and and they did a great job of that. Kevin Cash did, but, you know, enough bot, I'm saying bot. I think that, you know, I don't know, and I haven't talked to Kevin. It's only an hour and a half to Tampa. Perhaps I should. But what it appears to me that he played to his strengths better than anybody, you know, because after a guy like Blake Snell, who's at no, after a guy like Blake Snell, that's, you know, going to give you a quality start. You know, a lot of those guys he had on his roster were those one, two, three inning pitchers. And that's what they were really good at. So I don't know that he, I mean, there was definitely a benefit, but harder for teams to set lineups against them. Um, and it was, it was, it was, it was easy for him sort of know what he was going to do going forward as opposed to the other manager. So I think uh, not only was that playing to his strengths with the people he had on his team, but 
it was also, uh, you're right, strategically, I think that might have been a secondary benefit that he hadn't planned on, but it can really screw up the opposing team. So I think if we're going to see that this year, and you're right, we're more likely to see just about anything. Um, I think you'll see it with uh, certain managers. You know, I mean, a guy like Joe Madden isn't going to do that. You know, he was pretty liberal in Tampa Bay, but he kind of went old school in, in Chicago with the Cubs. Uh, but you're not going to see him pull a, a Kevin Cash or, or whatnot. And, you know, with the Mariners, I don't think a guy like Scott Service is going to do that. You know, he's pretty old school. And I can't think off the top of my head who, who would be a good young manager this year that might do that with a, with a marginal team. Uh, but I think that's where you would see it if you're going to see it. It's going to be with a, uh, a new manager with not a lot to lose and not a lot of expectations uh, as opposed to a more uh, proven talent, if you will. So one of the questions that I had, Uncle Dave, for you, and there was an article that surfaced saying that the sports books were going to not list their pitchers. Now, I remember going back to last year, you know, betting on the Rays, and there were times where, you know, I'll just name one guy that was really frustrating was was a James Paxton who, you know, you didn't know who the hell was starting. You didn't know how long they were staying in the game. You didn't know who was coming in behind them, and it just got really annoying you know, picking certain teams, especially like the Rays, to go ahead and, and be like, all right, cool. Well, they're setting the line for, you know, this particular guy. But then it was like, well, here's this guy. And and that and the next guy in is not who you thought it was going to be. And it was like, you know, trying to bet on those teams and, and set your fantasy lineups. Uh, it was really frustrating. But now that the books are saying, you know, that, that well, at least not all, but at least some books are saying that they're not going to list the pitchers. You're just going to have your price with no pitcher out there. Like, could I know you probably read one of those articles because that was a big article that came out, you know, the last couple of days. Could you explain a little bit, you know, what advantages we may have with that or disadvantages? I think we we as a better would be more at a disadvantage. Uh, personally, that's just the way I feel um, with that type of, a you know, an approach from the sports books. Yeah, I, I haven't had a lot of time to think about that um, and how I will react to it. It's obviously going to mean we got to do something a little bit different. Um, and I did see where the Westgate uh, in Vegas was the, the first book I saw to go ahead and announce that they were just going to throw out a money line. Um, and they, obviously it would be predicated on, you know, pitcher A starting. But if there's a pitching change, you know, too bad. They're, you know, the line is the line is the line. And obviously that can work for you in a big way. Uh, or against you in a big way, you know. If you're a if you're a, a favorite player and you don't mind, you know, laying a fair bit of chalk, you know, take, you know, uh, let's just take Garrett Cole for instance, and he is uh, minus two forty against whomever, uh, and you bet uh, the Yankees at minus two forty, and then all of a sudden Cole is scratched for whatever reason, you know, and this happens in a regular season as well. Um, and call the scratch in favor of, of whoever. You know, say it's a let's go the extreme the other way. It's a triple A call up. Well, now the Yankees who were minus two forty are minus one twenty or minus one forty, and you know that's basically tough shit for you this year. You're laying minus two forty unless you want to try to buy some of it back and go the other way. I mean that's that's just that's just entirely too bad, and and it can work the other way. You know, say you you didn't think Cole was worth two forty. And you you know you thought the other team was 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 better than uh, you know plus two hundred and you had plus two hundred. I say it was the Red Sox. Just pick a pick a foe there, 
and uh, the Red Sox didn't change anything, and that line just went down to Yankees minus 140, Red Sox plus 125. Well, if you got the Red Sox at plus 200, you still have the Red Sox at plus 200. So how we have to adjust, I think we just have to be a little more careful, a little more sure, and there's no way to be sure. I mean, there was never a way to be sure in a, in a normal season because there were pitching changes in the last minute quite a bit. And I just think you'll probably see a lot more of them. Um, I'm not really sure why the books did that because I haven't read through it. This was just something I looked at, you know, last night, my time late before I went to bed. Um, but it's, it's a big factor. It, it's a big thing that I think anybody that, you know, uh, buys our package or bets uh, needs to, needs to be aware of. And I will have to make sure that I note that quite a bit when I send picks out to these guys, because, you know, that's a big deal. And, you know, it, it, I look at it, and my kind of knee-jerk reaction, sleepy, it's funny. You know, we, we remember the bad beats and bad losses, and we say, you know, well, we got screwed on that. or you know, But we win some of those, too, and we don't, we don't, remember, we don't remember that, you know, 3-2 uh, bottom of the ninth wild pitch that let two runs score that we actually won the game. But it does happen, and, you know, it's going to happen to us this year, especially if you're an underdog player like me. You know, it would be nothing for me to not take a – a plus 200 team on a low scoring game, uh, plus one and a half run line, which I would get that at, you know, minus 125, minus 130. Uh, and now uh, that same run line with a new pitcher might be, you know, minus 200. So I think if you're careful, um, you, you, you know, I don't know how to be careful yet. So if you're looking for a specific what to do, I don't know yet, but I do know that it, it is a big deal. You know, one of the big things that we talked about when we were in Vegas, Uncle Dave, is that, you know, a lot of the Vegas sports books, they're, you know, they're stuck in their ways. They don't want to change. You know, they just want to go ahead and put the lines up. They don't want to offer props. They don't want to offer, you know, you know, five inning totals. Like they, they, they were just very, you know, set in their ways of the old school ways where, you know, if we're looking at DraftKings now, we're looking at FanDuel. I mean, you can make. 150 different bets on a game you know unfortunately COVID sucks but I think the fact that you know this that, that we're going to end up with a very unique situation and the, the fact that some of the sports books aren't listing pitchers and stuff right now I think this is going to force Vegas to pretty much the way that they do the Super Bowl where you know they just offer so much crap where they know that they're they're, they're getting the best of it they know that that that, that they have a clear advantage over the better and this is a season where I think that, you know, that they're going to be forced to go ahead and start acting like, you know, the offshore sports books where that you have, you know, a lot of options during the game. Not it's like, oh, I could just bet the side total or whatever. You know, it's a, it's going to be a good thing for the betters in Vegas, um, I think, overall. Well, Dave, we talked through the Mariners. That's one team that we talked about. And uh, obviously you and I, you know, we don't feel all that great about that team. Now, one of the teams we talked quite a bit about, the LA angels. Now I think the starting lineup for this team is actually pretty good. I think we have some hitters in here. You have Fletcher who, you know, he could buy bat a high batting average. You got trout, obviously his batting average right now, his uh, season over and under for that is 300. You get a guy come in from the nationals and Rendon who, you know, his batting average right around 290. So, um, I mean, your first three guys, I mean, you have some hitters there and then you have Otani and then you have Upton. You still have guys like Pujols, who I think they're just really holding on to. I like the front end of the lineup. I don't like the back end of the lineup. But here's my concern for this Angels team, Uncle Dave, and it's the pitching. 
Haney is not a number one. Otani's going to come in. He did not pitch last year. He pitched the year before. You know, you got Julio Tehran, who, you know, he's had his day in the sun back in the days with the Braves. I mean, then you got guys like Bundy and Canny. Like, I'm really, really concerned about this pitching staff for the Angels. I like the front end of their lineup. I don't like the back end. I could see the Angels, you know, potentially being a team that's very, very slightly just over 500. But I think I could actually attack this team, you know, looking at some of the props. Now, I did give out a prop, and this was probably, I want to say maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago, where I liked Mike Trout under RBIs. His RBIs at the time that I gave it out was 38 and a half. And since then, this number has plummeted. BetMGM is the number that I gave you guys. And now at BetMGM, it's now down to 33 and a half. So a lot of things we were looking at, Uncle Dave, when we looked at this Angels team and some of the guys in specific, you know, a a lot of the numbers are starting to be adjusted, especially on some of these bigger guys. But we could talk, you know, individually, you know, how we feel about these players. I want to bring up, you know, Otani in about a minute here. But first thing I want to give you is the floor here with the Angels, Uncle Dave. Right now they have a season win total that I think is slightly high. It's at 31 and a half. But I want to know what you think about the Angels overall. Um, I think that win total is right where it needs to be, you know, that which should be basically a little over 500. And, you know, I love the Anthony Rendon signing, and I'll get to that in just a minute. Totally agree with you on the starting pitching. I mean, Otani's number one, but he hasn't pitched. Bundy might do a little better there than he did in Baltimore. It's an easier park to pitch in. You know, Tehran has an upside. But you're right. When, I, when, I, when you look beyond Trout and a few other guys, you know, there, there still isn't a whole lot. Pujols is 40. I believe he's had three straight years with a with a wins above replacement in the negative column. I mean, that's not a huge stat for me, but um, it's telling in this particular instance. You know, as far as the Angels go as a team, uh, I don't think that, that, that I'm nearly as high on them as maybe some of the betters are. And I totally agree with you on some of his props. I mean, the biggest thing the Angels have going for him is Joe Madden. Um, and you don't hire a guy like Joel Madden unless you want him in right now. Well, I don't think they can, you know. And we already talked about Trout, and his over-under is 57 and a half hits and under under over 50, 15 and a half home runs. And I can't see it uh, because now he has a baby due in August, so he's going to miss some time. I mean, he's all but said that. Uh, we don't know if he's even going to play, uh, which would obviously negate any bet, you know, with all that said, I think he will be a better hitter with Rendon hitting behind him, which he's supposed to be. But what I think that really does is it jacks up Rendon if you can find his over props. Now, I did find one which I'll give out. And there's a, I, I saw this on DraftKings. Uh, Rendon to win the AL MVP at plus 1,400. And, you, you know, some people might laugh and go, Anthony Rendon. Uh, but if you look at the odds, there's only three people – with better odds in the American League than him. Obviously, Trout, Aaron Judge, and Francisco Lindor. So I don't think Rendon benefiting from from Trout is – I think he's going to benefit from Trout maybe more than Trout would benefit from him. Uh, so, I mean, they're going to walk Trout a lot, which is another reason why even if he does play, I like his unders. But, a, but, but one sort of prop, if you will, that I really like is Rendon to win the MVP because I think he's going to benefit from, from hitting behind Trout a, a lot. And like I said, the books tend to agree with me. Uh, you know, Trout, Judge, and Lindor are the only three people that, that have cheaper odds to win the AL MVP. So, you know, 
I don't think the Angels have enough top to bottom. I agree with you. Their pitching is marginal at best. I think once you get past Trout and uh, and Rendon, those are guys that can carry a team. I don't see anything really, uh, you know, Justin Upton's hit or miss. Angel and Simmons is pretty consistent, but they don't have that guy that can step up in the place of a couple of those guys for any length of time. So, you know, Angels are in the middle again, even with Joe Madden. I hate to say it, but that's my point. So, Uncle Dave, let me ask you this question. As you were bringing up the lineup, you're talking about Trout batting before Rendon. And I know one of the things that you talk about often is the fact that, you know, when guys walk, you know, that's going to hurt them and help them in certain areas. But now that the fact that, you know, that, that he's not in the three hole, he's in the two, he's going to have Rendon after him. Rendon's a good hitter. I mean, he could bat well. Now, what are the odds that that Trout ends up on base, you know, because one, he's getting hits, but two, he's being walked a lot. Should we be looking maybe at, at a Trout season runs over? Do you think that that's a, a, a bet that we maybe should be looking at? Yeah, good point, and I I, uh, I don't disagree with that. There, my my only caveat there would be how long Trout plays. You know, with the baby out, uh, the baby and him being out, say it's three days. Uh, well, that could be four games uh, if they start getting into double headers. You know, four out of sixty. That's a that's a fairly high percentage. Um, but yeah, in theory, I totally agree with you. I just wonder how many games he might miss, uh, and and if he was considering sitting out before. You know, let's say the Angels are, are, are out of it uh, in, after 45 or 50 games. Does he just say, F it, and, you know, I'm not going to play? I know he would lose money, but he doesn't need to be worrying about that. So, you know, yes, I am totally in agreement with you. I'm just looking at the, I'm looking at the other side, potentially, why that wouldn't happen. Uh, and the only reason it wouldn't happen is how many games he actually plays. He plays the whole season, and they both stay healthy. Yes, I'm, I agree. I could see the Angels pressing, you know, early with a guy like Trout. Now, we know Trout can steal bases. And if you have a guy like Rendon who's batting behind you, you know, if you can get to Trout to second base, you know, I guess that, you know, one, I think it would give, you know, and, and we know that this team is not going to be all that great. I think maybe, you know, I got to go back to think about Madden. You know, how would you view Madden, Uncle Dave? Would you view him as an aggressive type of coach who – you know, really looks to go ahead and push the pace or, or no? I think he's going to fall somewhere in the middle. And we talked about this a little bit. You know, he was fairly aggressive with the Rays and, and thought out of the box a little bit. And I, I wonder if, I mean, if that's just him being really intelligent and knowing that at the time he didn't necessarily have the horses to be competitive if he tried to play straight up, for lack of a better word, because then, you know, he went to the Cubs and he did pretty much play straight up, but he also had the horses. And I think... The Angels are probably somewhere in between the two. So I can definitely see some out-of-the-box things in L.A. because, I mean, he's he's a smart guy. He knows what he has. I, I think he knows, and, of course, he wouldn't admit it to the local reporters, uh, but I think even he knows he's going to have to do some things beyond let the players play in order to win. I just want to circle back to one of the things that you brought up when you mentioned Trout hits. I believe you gave out a bet as well, Uncle Dave, where you had Trout hits under 60 and a half. Am I correct with that? Because you had mentioned now it's at 57 and a half. Was that the bet that you gave out? Yeah, I believe so. I, I, I don't have it right in front of me, but I believe it was a hit a game. So that would be correct. All right. So it seems like we're at least trending in the right way here with Trout. But I think that, you know, maybe there are some some decent bets that we can make, you know, maybe with Trout, uh, maybe potentially going over. And that's something that, you know, certainly that you and I are really trying to avoid. 
um, this upcoming season. Uh, certainly we'll be looking to go ahead and uh, see what we can find with this Angels team. One of the things I wanted to bring up here, Uncle Dave, is Otani. You know, as of right now, you know, he didn't pitch last year. And if he did, you know, it wasn't it wasn't in the game. He didn't have any starts last year. But the year before, he pitched like six games. And a lot of the reports coming out now, as you said, he's going to be their one. Some of their lineups, they're, they're slating him as the two and they have Haney as the one. But, you know, when you look at Otani, what he's done so far this season, at least, you know, when it comes to just pitching, you know, they said that he's been really wild. He pitched like three innings the other day. He walked like four guys, hit a guy, um, only had one strikeout. Like, I really worry about, you know, Otani stepping on the mound where, you know, there, there, there's probably a reason why, you know, he hasn't had a whole hell of a lot of starts over two seasons. More, I mean, he's only had six. I would assume that he might, you know, he probably could have gotten more work. But the fact that they're just putting him out there, it doesn't look like they have a whole lot of guys. Like, I just feel like he's being forced out there. And maybe we're going to get some prices because of the name where we could just go ahead and fade Otani and, uh, you know, actually maybe make some money on him. What do you think about Otani overall? Um, as a pitcher and what you've seen. And I know it's been a small sample size, but just overall your thoughts on Otani stepping in, uh, stepping on the mound this season. Well, I agree with you uh, in that, you know, he may be overvalued just because of his name, but what he's done and now you factor in the fact that he just had Tommy John surgery. He's not somebody I'm going to bet money on because he is going to be overpriced. And I would rather uh, lose a bet taking the other team at great money uh, and let Otani just blow me away and me be terribly wrong rather than trying to lay a big price on him and, and uh, have me be right. That would just be a smarter way to go. I won't be on him, at least not early. All right, Uncle Dave, let's jump over to a team that I've been rooting for for the last couple of years, and that is the Oakland A's. You know, I, I think this team's pretty good. I think they lost a couple guys that I wish that they would have kept. But, you know, overall, if you look at this A's team, season win total right now, 33 and a half. I think they could eclipse that. I mean, if you go back to last year, they won 97 games. I think that was actually quite shocking to a lot of people. You know, fifth best record tied for the fifth best record in the league. I think they were tied with, I think it was Atlanta. Atlanta finished with 97 wins as well. I mean, I like this A's team. You might be on the other side. I'll let you go ahead and give me your outlook for the Oakland A's this season. Yeah, you know, I don't dislike the A's. Uh, what I am a little bit leery of is their starting pitching. And I guess the biggest question I would have if, if I were an A's fan is not on the field but off the field. Can they take advantage of the Astros' turmoil? And I think the other question I have about the A's is where are they going to find relief pitching? You know, they had a good one in Blake Trianon that they lost uh, to free agency. Um, Liam Hendricks is pretty solid. Um, they've got veterans. You know, Manaia has a big upside, obviously. Um, but after that, you've got Montes and, and Fires. I think both will benefit in Oakland in the big, huge park. And, you know, Marcus Seaman is a beast. But I have to wonder if they can maintain that. I mean, I think going into the season, they have really high hopes uh, for obvious reasons. They're one of those teams, you know, they may not need, you know, they may be one of the teams that in 60 games can do what they might not be able to in 160 and you know they're the sexy pick to finish behind the Astros and they might but I couldn't take them to win the division just because of that pitching staff I got to be honest with you 
You know, the starting rotation does concern me a little bit. I personally like the bullpen because I think guys like Petit, Diekman, you know, Soria, Mengen, Bassett, you know, they're those are guys who, you know, they, they've had a lot of innings under their belt. A lot of those guys actually have a bunch of starts. But, yeah, I do agree with you with the starting rotation. And a guy like Fires, who, you know, he, he threw a no-hitter last year, and that was his big moment in the sun. I don't think he's a number one. I mean, he's he's a goofy kind of pitcher where – you know, he he has a lot of deceptive type moves. But Manea, I, I like. But I don't think Montes is all that great. And the rest of their lineup, I mean, you have like Lazardo and, and Puck. But it's not a team, at least pitching-wise, that I think is going to be super strong. At least they're starting a rotation. But I think their bullpen might be able to actually hold them together. You seem like you're a little bit on the other side with that. As far as the lineup goes, I don't have a problem with the lineup. I think you just have a lot of guys there who – you know, besides Chris Davis, who's your, you know, your long bomber, you you just have guys that could step in the box and make things happen. So um, overall, you know, I, I still like the A's this season. I don't know if they'll, you know, eclipse their season win total of 33 and a half or if they'll make the playoffs again. But I don't know why, Uncle Dave, but for some reason, and, and I know you fall into this as well, you know, where you just start rooting for specific teams for some unknown reason. And uh, that that's kind of been the case with me. You know, with the A's for the last couple of years, I want to jump over to the Texas Rangers. This is a team that, you know, they got a Joey Gallo. They still have Shinshu True Andrews. Uh, the, the lineup just looks old. I mean, you're getting a guy in there, Todd Frazier. He doesn't look all that great. Um, you know, he's just been pretty much just passed around the league. And then you have a guy like Odor who, you know, he, you know, had his season or two, but, you know, he had a rough year last year. Still hanging on to guys like Chirinos and stuff like that and Guzman. I don't like the starting lineup uh, a whole lot. Uh, obviously, they brought Kluber in. You, you have a guy like Kyle Gibson who, you know, I, at times he's surprising. I mean, I don't know what, what you expect from this team, Uncle Dave. Their season total right now, Uncle Dave, sitting at around 28 and a half. Maybe it's low. I don't know. I I, I want to know what you think first, Uncle Dave. I want you to talk me into it because I'm on the ledge here where I feel that they, that they could, you know, play well as a team. And then I, I feel that, you know, the back end of their lineup could just really let them down. And we might end up with, you know, two, three guys looking like they're doing all the work and maybe like a pitcher or two that are trying to do all the work. Not super high in their bullpen. Why don't you go ahead and smooth out my thoughts with the Rangers this upcoming season? Well, I mean, I know you're going to disagree with me because you like Oakland. And, and I don't dislike Oakland. I, I, I root for Oakland, too. They, you know, they do more with less than anybody. But, you know, let's just, you know, if, if Gallo's healthy, don't forget how good he was before he got hurt. I mean, he slugged almost 700 in March and April, 600 in May last year. And obviously the question is, what does Kluber have left? Can Lance Lynn and Mike Miner uh, be what they were or, or show me their upside instead of their downside? But you got to also know that they're in a new stadium, and I think that is definitely something uh, that we can't overlook. We don't know how it's going to play. Uh, but, you know, sometimes these teams with new stadiums just kind of do things. And this is one team, I think, for a for a short window, uh, might do better than people expected. I mean, I, I like their starters. I don't love their starters. I like their closer. You know, Jose Leclerc, I, he tends to walk more than I like. But, but he struck out 100 guys in 68 innings. Uh, I worry a little about, about their defense, especially in the outfield. You know, their outfield, Calhoun, Santana, and, and Gallo, uh, that doesn't impress me. Uh, but again, you know, if they were playing in a place like Oakland, which is cavernous, I'd be super worried about them. I don't know how Globe Life's going to play. But, you know, all in all, and, and I'll give you my sort of 
closing thought on them. You know, they're plus 650 to make the playoffs, and and uh, I think the A's are minus 118 to make the playoffs. I don't see that much separation between the two. They both have a lot of weaknesses. And when I look at, you know, they're going to have five teams. They didn't expand the postseason. One's going to come out of the, the central division. It's probably going to be the Twins. Uh, you'll probably get the Yankees and probably Tampa Bay. So I think your, your second wildcard team is probably going to come out of this division. And it could well be Texas. I mean, I think their win total is 28 and a half. I like the over. I mean, they won 78 games last year uh, without Gallo. Basically, I think he played nine games in the second half of the season. And that would equate to 76 games, that 28 and a half win total this year. So do I think they're two games worse? Um, not with a reasonable Kluber and a healthy Gallo, no. So I'm actually higher on Texas than a lot of people might be. And I know that one of those people is you. So, Uncle Dave, let me just ask you a question, and it circles Todd Frazier and Gallo. The fact that Todd Frazier is going to go ahead and bat after Gallo, what are the odds that we see Gallo potentially, let's just say we were you know, sitting in a normal regular season, what are the odds that Gallo breaks like the walk record? I have a feeling that Gallo might end up with a ton of walks this year. You know, he doesn't get in the box a whole lot. That's just my gut feeling. You know, do you think, would you recommend that we probably start looking for Gallo walks uh, for the season? Maybe we could find that at a sports book because honestly, Todd Frazier just does not scare me. You know, there are certain pitches that that guy just cannot handle. And I have a feeling, you know, that, that a lot of teams are going to be looking at Frazier as, you know, fresh meat. Forget it. Let's just walk Gallo because, you know, even the guys behind him, um, behind Gallo, just really aren't all that scary. So, what are your thoughts on that? Am I thinking a little bit? Um, am I thinking a little bit too much about this one, or no? No, that's a great point. I don't like Frazier batting behind Gallo because I know I, Frazier um, has cost me six bankrolls grounding into double plays in high leverage situations. So uh, if you can find a uh, a Gallo walk prop, yes, I totally agree. Uh, I doubt you can. Uh, but, you know, some of these European brooks will throw up just about anything. You can find a Frazier ground into the double plays prop. Um, put as much of your bankroll on it as you can on the over. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you there, Sleepy. So one more quick thing to discuss with this team, Uncle Dave. We've seen Lance Lynn before go out and have a really good season. We've seen Mike Miner at times, you know, kind of surprised. We know how good Kluber could be. And we also seen, you know, a guy like Kyle Gibson who – you know, at times, I mean, he's been really good. I mean, we've seen him with the Twins before, you know, go out there and, and post a decent ERA, a decent whip. But, you know, when I look at this team, I actually think the the strongest point of this team is their starting pitching. I mean, they do have a legit four guys who, you know, they've been out there before. And in a shortened season, you know, maybe these guys go out there and say, look, I'm going to give everything that I have. I don't have to go 162 games. And in my mind, Uncle Dave, if I'm a pitcher – or if I'm a batter, I feel like, you know, 162 games for a pitcher, even though they don't pitch every day, it just seems it, it just seems like taxing to them mentally where, you know, they have to go out there and they have to go through their normal routine. You know, what do they do? You know, the first day after they pitch and then the second day, like it just seems like like it would be more of a kind of a stressful type environment for pitchers. How do you feel about the starting rotation? I think the starting rotation could, you know, really surprise a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you there. I mean, I think I think the thing about it is you got a lot of experience there, so you do kind of know what you're going to get. Um, you know, I, as I said earlier, I like Leclerc, their closer. 
Um, just please don't bring in Jesse Chavez when I have uh, Texas in a bet because, you know, I'll put him right up there with Todd Frazier in terms of, of games cost. I have to make a I have to make a stat for that. You know, we have wins above replacement. I have to make a stat for for losses when they shouldn't be. Uh, and Chavez is one of those kind of guys. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons I don't hold them much lower than I would Oakland because I think the Rangers have a really good starting staff. Potentially. I mean, you know, we don't know uh, how that part's going to play. Minor, Minor can get the ball up in the air and give up some home runs. And Gibson can, too. He kind of got away with it in Minnesota in a big park. So there's a lot of unknowns there, but I think the the upside potential there is certainly is the upside potential is certainly there. One of the things we're going to dig into, obviously, Uncle Davis, we're going to get a little bit knee deeper into a lot of the props and 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 a bunch of things that we're, you and I are kind of right now we're we're still talking through stuff because you know we we finally have a schedule we're finally getting some props and uh, you know we're we're kind of trying to just narrow our mind and get our get our thoughts together, but. Um, as you were talking about, you know, Chavez, I can't, I can't help myself, but notice further down the lineup, uh, with their bullpen, I see a Edison Volko as in there. I see a Juan Asasio in there and, uh, guys who burn bankrolls, but I'll be looking to probably fade some of those guys. So I guess we saved the best for last uncle Dave, the Houston Astros. Now this team, I, I personally think they're going to have a target on their back this year. I think there's going to be a lot of stressful situations. Uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on this team. Their season win total right now, 35 and a half. You know, I got to ask myself, Uncle Dave, you know, how much help did they get last year? And I'm looking at batting averages for some of these guys. You could get Springer right now at 290, Altuve at 300. You know, I just wonder, you know, how much help did these guys get last year? And if they do step into the box in, in a situation where they don't know if they're going to get hit, you know, they don't you know, necessarily, you know, they get the benefit of, you know, people banging on garbage cans. I just wonder if maybe if I blanket bet all the Astro guys batting averages under, and I just have to ask myself if I'm going to make out. And I think that I I, I probably will. Um, that's, that's one thing that I'm thinking about. Now, there are some props we can go ahead and bet, you know, with their pitchers as far as Verlander's considered. But overall, Uncle Dave, when you look at this Houston lineup going into this season, Tell me what you think about this team in general. I mean, I saw they picked up Granke. I think he's overrated. I think his his days are his strong starting days are kind of numbered. McCullers will be back. I think that's pretty good. I'm not particularly high on the rest of their starting pitching, but tell me about tell me about the Astros and what you think after all that craziness throughout the offseason. Well, I mean, like anybody else, I think they're going to have a target on their back, but I got to step back above the players. And I got to ask myself, who's really in charge there in Houston? You know, obviously the, the the GM and the manager are gone. You know, they bring in Dusty Baker, um, maybe because he's kind of a stabilizing uh, figure that the players might respect a little bit. You know, we know uh, Dusty had almost a sixty percent regular season win percentage in Washington, but we know about Dusty's postseason uh, history forever, going back to the Giants. So, with that said, there's no way I'm taking the Astros to win the World Series. And they're overpriced to win just about anything else. Obviously, how do you make up for losing Cole? Well, you don't. I mean, you just don't. Um, I, do I think Cole will repeat that in New York? No, because that was epic. But um, he's still head and shoulders above everybody else. Uh, but in a short season, I suppose Verlander and Grinke could carry them. You know, but I keep going back. You know, what's their mental state without the trash cans? Um, probably 
Um, probably a little cocky from what I've heard, and I think that could be a negative. Um, it clearly is going to motivate their opponents. I don't love the Astros' bullpen much at all. You know, Osuna is fine uh, when he's not a head case, but he can be a head case. And you mentioned their 35-and-a-half regular season wins, and I would be more than inclined to take that under, to be honest with you. I mean, that is obviously inflated because they're Houston. And as I said, you know, Oakland is not a pushover. I think the Rangers will be better than people think, and and they've got to play some decent teams in the NL West and some big parks where they're they're not going to be able to get away with just hitting the ball over the fence every third time. So um, although the Astros may win that division, it may be by default because they do have that much talent, but that would be as far as they go. Uh, and, and to win 36 games, I think, might be a stretch. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, and that number, you know, if you just look at it, your knee-jerk reaction is Astros only 35-and-a-half, which is, you know, slightly under 100, I think, for a 162-game season. Why wouldn't you bet the over? Well, they're begging you to do that, and you know how I feel about it. If they're begging me to do something, I'm not going to do it. I'll, I'll look elsewhere or take the other side. So, you know, the, the Astros are the Astros, and I think they have enough talent to do okay, uh, but I don't see them exceeding uh, too many overs with their props or their win total, and I don't think they're going to win the World Series either. If you had to pick one person on the baseball field, who would be like the biggest MLB purist? Who would that be? Brock Holt. Did you didn't you didn't see that one coming? Did you? you didn't see that one coming? Did you? No, I didn't see that one coming. But my the reason I asked you that, and I thought maybe you would have said the umpires. And I think a lot of the umpires are are, are purists at heart. You know, there's a lot of guys who have been around this league for a long, long time. That, you know, I, I think maybe, you know, if Houston steps in the box, you know, they might be put at a disadvantage. And I know it's, you know, these guys aren't supposed to be, you know, one way or another. But I'll tell you what, you know, the last thing you want to do is is piss off somebody who is an MLB purist. And it seems as if, you know, baseball's changing their ways. But those guys don't like cheaters. You know, they don't like that kind of crap. And I just wonder... You know, if the Astros are stepping in the box, if there's one person, you know, who who you probably don't want to mess with, especially after you get caught cheating, you know, it's it if they if they give the umpires any flack whatsoever, um, I wouldn't be shocked if these guys are out there, you know, stepping in the box where you know pitches are coming and it's like it looked a little outside strike, you know, I could just see that happening. Am, am I thinking too much into this because? I'm looking for a way to, to go ahead and fade the Astros, and I'm just trying to think of, you know, who and what might be against them. Do you think that the umpires might play a significant role this season with these guys? I don't know about the balls and strikes. I mean, I can definitely see uh, a player getting thrown out of a game for a relatively minor uh, turning around and, and arguing with the umpire. Uh, but then again, you know, I think I've seen – 11 umps already, I think yesterday, opted out of the season, which means we're going to have 11 new ones. And that's always tough because when you have new ones, you you know, you, you know you either don't know what their strike zone is going to be because that's an important factor in our handicapping. But you also don't know some of the, some of the young ones, uh, new ones, uh, they may not be young. Uh, they can get kind of run over by these players. But then you have the other ones that are out there trying to make themselves into the next Emmett Ashford uh, and be a, make a name for themselves. So, I think a lot of that's going to depend on the umpires. You're right. Uh, and, and, you know, not only are they human, 
but there's a lot more unknowns this year than there are any other years. So, you know, I think it's up to the Astros how they behave more than what the uh, the umpires or everybody else does. I, I'll be curious to see uh, if they have fans in stands, what kind of signs they have up on Astros road games. That would be uh, – I'm sure there will be some fairly creative ones for sure. You know, I'm thinking about this, Uncle Dave. The more I think about it, you know, playing the Astros, especially when they're on the road. I think if there were fans in the stadiums this year, Uncle Dave, I think the Astros would be at a massive disadvantage uh, being on the road. One, this team's going to get booed. But every time, you know, a strike gets called, an umpire is going to get booed. So, I, I, you know, hopefully at some point we can end up with fans. And that might be a time where I really start looking to go ahead and bet against the Astros. But that's just, you know, it's an angle. And, you know, that's where we think, and that's that's what we do differently, is we think differently and we think about every angle possible that, you know, could be an advantage for us that we have to go ahead and add into our handicap. I'll tell you right now, Uncle Dave, and I'll give this out on this podcast, and I'll, and we'll regurgitate this, I'm sure, um, and I'll have a, a, a much better analysis. But, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and play any of these Astro guys over their batting average. I honestly could just see, you know, a lot of these guys not not getting in the box and being comfortable in there. I could see a lot of people being against them. And, and if the umpires are, um, you know, it's 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 a freebie for me um, if, if there are umpires that are against these guys and, and they're just regular peers. Um, there's no way these guys are going to bat over their averages. Do you got anything else to wrap up the Astros? Yeah, you're cutting into my golf game. But, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking about uh, – you and I were talking about lip and, and lip back to umpires and whatnot. You know, with, with no fans in the stands, you'd be able to hear the left fielder yelling at the umpire on a, on a, on a disputed trap call. You know, uh, you, you, you probably would hear him say, I freaking caught that, damn it, you know, rah, 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 in, a, in a normal game with, you know, twenty to 50,000 fans. But basically in an empty stadium, you'll almost be able to hear him mumble it under his breath. So it'll be interesting to see how, how that all plays out and, and what umpires take, what kind of grief, and, and what umpires don't. I mean, I think that's going to be a – it's always a big factor. I think it could be, well be a bigger factor this year, as is, I think, the two biggest sort of non-handicapping um, uh, – teams and players factors. The other one we already talked about is that the potential pitching changes. I think, I think those are two things that are going to make this um, a little bit harder, a little bit more challenging, but if you do it right, a little bit more winning. Uncle Dave, I do have one question because I, I haven't had a chance to ask you. Baseball's coming up here soon. I mean, we're, we're going to end up, you know, first pitch next week. Do you have anything lined up yet for baseball? Do you have any baseball packages up or anything yet for baseball? Have you, or even I, I know some of the games are out. Um, did, did you put anything out for baseball as of yet right now? Um, any any single game bets? No, um, and I didn't. And, and uh, you know, I don't control those back end packages. Um, there's some 30 day packages that are up there, but I I would suspect you might want to wait to buy those. Uh, there are no baseball ones up, which is a little surprising. You know, you know, I know that you and I don't control that pregame does. Um, and there was baseball packages, and you know, fortunately. I sold a bunch of those, but that's not there anymore. There's 30-day packages that are up there, but obviously it would be foolish to buy one now because you ended up getting eight days. And you and I talked about this. You get eight days of nothing, you know, unless you talk to pregame and said, well, I'll buy it now and start it next week. I don't know why anybody would do that. But, you know, that 30-day package, I think it's good for people because then you're going to get all the sports. I mean, we're going to have baseball. We're going to have NBA. Uh, and we're going to have hockey. So I think – you know, it's a good time to have a 30-day package as opposed to normally in July. It may not be because really all you have is baseball. 
So I, I think that's a pretty good value thing right now. And I didn't think of that until, until you just had mentioned it. So, so yeah, that's out there. And I, I think that's a pretty good deal. That's a, you know, it's okay when you have a shitload of sports going on. It's not usually a good thing in the summer. You might as well have the whole season baseball. But I think a 30-day package now is actually a good thing because you're going to get a little of everything and a lot of everything. And unfortunately, there's a lot of work to be done. But, you know, we'll do our best, like always, to make sure we have our bankroll intact by the end. This is certainly going to be a wild July. But if you guys think anything's going to be wild, wait until August comes. If, if hopefully, fingers crossed, all our sports get ready to rock and roll and everybody's playing the NBA's going. And then September, look out. All hell's going to break loose. I think it's going to be an awesome September betting-wise. But as Uncle David mentioned, you do have some options to go ahead and pick up Uncle Dave. I don't offer packages, so uh, I'm pretty much just a daily pick guy. You guys can pick my stuff up as we get closer to a tip-off and we get closer to first pitch. That's when you guys can find me. And Uncle Dave and I, look, we don't promote – we never promote our picks uh, on our podcast. We've been doing podcasts. Uncle Dave, how long have we been doing pods now? Four years and I'm, I, I think we could probably since you were knee high to since you were knee high to a grasshopper and I sucked at golf. I don't know how many times we've ever talked picks, but let's just get down to brass tacks. And it's you know you and I make our living off of sports betting and working for pregame and doing a lot of the things that we do on the back end for them, whether it be promoting emails, you know, you name it, whatever we do for the company, but. You know, we make a good amount of money that we live off of um, selling our information. And, you know, we took a real big hit this year and I'm, I'm hoping we can make it up. And I know a lot of our loyal people, you know, they can't wait until we come back. And obviously we all can't wait until sports comes back. But, uh, you know, we're not promoting our picks here just to, to try to get you guys to buy something. We never talk about selling picks on our podcast. And that's something that you probably won't really hear, you know, a whole hell of a lot more throughout this entire year. But. Um, that's, that's obviously an option for, you know, guys like us, if you enjoy listening to our podcast and you think that, you know, you want to invest some money with somebody who, you know, could potentially make you some money betting sports. Well, then you guys have that option. But with that said, that's our podcast for today, guys. You guys can find me on Twitter, sleepyj underscore pregame, and you could always get Uncle Dave, the baseball guru, the golf guru, the all around man guru at Dave underscore Esler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games.